Goal from the four. Kirk takes the snap. Looks right. Fade left. End zone. And it is caught. And we are finally back with another episode of the UK Soldiers podcast. Sorry for the delay. Life's been happening, coming out as fast. I'm once again James, and I'm joined, as always, by the beautiful Tom Parry James. I, uh, I heard the horn and I came running. <laughs> yes, so uh, apologies for the massive delay. It's a new year, new us, new team, maybe. No, we're still covering the Vikings. Still us. Same old, same old. Uh, definitely ignoring the postseason because I've got a feeling we're not going to like the result at the end of it. But well, let's focus on what we're doing in house. We can talk about that for a couple of minutes at the end of the show, if you like. We can talk about the the yeah, we can the, have the a playoff quick results so far. Yeah, we'll have a quick look I don't really want to. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, uh, quick recap of the season. We petered out. <sighs> yeah, you're telling me. Uh, we had this flame. We thought. There was still an outside chance, and all of a sudden, momentum just went away. We couldn't get anything going. We weren't consistent. The only thing really consistent, actually, was Kirk Cousins during that stretch. Yeah. And hopefully that shuts a lot of the doubters up. I know we've had our confessions of Kirk on this show ourselves, but it's hard to argue when he's put up a top-five offense at the end of the season, when the defense is ranked 28. It's quite clear yeah. where the problems have been. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we were hamstrung from the very start by um, by Michael Pierce opting out um, and Daniil Hunter never coming back from his injury. I mean, hopefully he'll be fit and ready for next season, although I'm expecting him to have to give him a new contract fairly soon. Um, he may hold out. Who knows? Um, and then losing Anthony Barr um, early in the season, losing Eric Kendricks later in the season. Um, but, in the, I mean, to go... One and five in your first six, come back from the bye and go five and one. And like to get back to six and six with still with a playoff shout, like we it, it showed that there was a lot of, of promise there. The trouble was, we had three of our last four games were on the road, um, two of them against very strong NFC South contenders. You know, the, the Bucks and the Saints are both have both proven themselves very, very strong squads this season. Um, the one game we had at home was against a, a decent Bears side. Like this Bears side is probably better than any any Bears side I've seen for, for the last few years. And that's even with Mitchell Trubisky under center. So um, I wasn't entirely surprised that we we capitulated to them by by six points. What was it? 27-33. Uh, yeah, 33-27 so, was the final score. Yeah. So I mean, the less, the less talked about Christmas Day as well, the better. Uh, Six Alvin Kamara touchdowns later, and we're all needy. I mean, I, I I was happy to be a part of history, but it always seems that when when the Vikings are a part of history, except for that game where Joe Cap threw for seven touchdowns in a game um, back in the seventies or whenever it was, um, we're always on the wrong side. You know, there's that um, Cromartie um, 109 yard. Um, missed field goal return that you he returned for a touchdown um there and now this season we've had Alvin Kamara rushing for six touchdowns in a game so 
you know, take nothing away from those guys, but I wish they didn't have to do it to us. Yeah, it's we do seem to be the whipping boys when it comes to history, as you said, and our own history in a way as well. This season came back to haunt us with uh, kicker debunks. Obviously, Dan Bailey from the Buccaneer games onwards really was just so inconsistent and it was just something not we didn't expect to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been one of the most consistent kickers in the league um, throughout his career. Like, I think he, is he still the NFL's all time second most accurate kicker? I don't know, but that was certainly the case when he signed for us. Um, so to see him struggle now, I mean, I, I think he's only 31, 32. Yeah. Um, so he could have another eight years in the league if um, the likes of um, Janikowski and um, Prater and, and guys like that are, are anything to go by. Ryan Longwell was a long-serving kicker for us and also the Packers. Um, and he lasted until he was about 40. So it's not like um, Dan Bailey's career is over right now. It's just, does Zimmer want to keep him around? The move that the Vikings have made that I like is... Um, letting uh, Marwan Malouf's uh, contract expire, this special teams coordinator, and um, seeing if we can salvage our special team for next season with a new guy leading the way. Absolutely. I mean, I was the advocate for that for most of the season, just saying Malouf needs to go. I don't care who we get in. It's going to be an improvement. It can't get any worse than it has been. Um, yeah. Another sideways move that I might have to make is Brenton Colquitt. Again, another experienced head, another experienced person on that special teams. His punting this year compared to last year, where he had uh, no kicks in the reds in the end zone all regular season. He put about six kicks into the ten yards, maybe more, and he had a great yeah. season. All of a sudden, again this season, fell off a cliff. Yeah, it's yeah. worrying that these players did this when we changed special teams coordinators and it hopefully to me it seems that it was Malou's coaching style and coaching techniques that didn't integrate with them properly and they can find form next season with a guy we get in I think that it also didn't help that we didn't have a preseason. I think because a lot of Colquitt's issues I think he was a lot better later in the season what his issues early in the season may have just been because he needed to do all the things that he would normally have done in preseason in the first couple of games. I don't really want to see, but when else is a punter going to get a chance to like do stuff in a live game scenario? I guess we paid the price in our first few games for, for that. Um, long snapping seemed to be an issue. I mean, we were all so high on Austin Cutting when he first joined us, and he did a decent job in his first season, but letting him go during season two and bringing in um, Andrew DePaula um, first onto the practice squad and then in place of Cutting, um, he seems to be doing fine. But. Yeah, it's again, we just need to find that consistency. But I think no game in the Marlon Maloof era of the special teams of the Vikings will sum up it any better than my game against Detroit. Uh, when we're at home and Detroit had not blocked a punt in like 10 seasons, yeah, blocked two in the same game. I think that just sums up. And if I was the head office, I'd have torn his contract up there and then. But obviously, they've made the right move in this offseason. Yeah, there are usually like clauses in contracts that say you you can't really let him go 
like during the season. And I think sometimes letting someone go over the over one game is throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Um, you sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and go, "That was a shit game." Um, we'll we'll do better next time. But it just never seemed to got never seemed to get better for Marwan Malouf. And, hey. um, he paid for them, paid the price with his job at the end of the season, so it's fair yeah. enough. I mean, I still attest to this day that we should have ever got rid of Daniel Carlson, but that's a conversation for another time. Well, uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I, you could you could um, you could point to all sorts of incidents in Vikings history and in sports history where where people have thrown the baby out with the bathwater, and I, I, maybe I'd talk about David Moyes at Manchester United, uh, probably not getting quite the amount of time he he possibly could have deserved. Um, but uh, Daniel Carlson's just the same. I think he was a very promising kicker and has proved that at the Raiders. And now we, I mean, we have Bailey who's on, but he's on veteran money. He's on proven kicker money. Whereas Carlson, we could have held on to him for, you know, rookie drafty kicker money. And it is these small changes that impact the Vikings on a large play in the future and looking back in hindsight it's always a great and a useful thing to do to see where we can improve going forward but at the end of the day we aren't the ones making these executive decisions i want to move on to the defense now because obviously again the defense was a question mark all season as mentioned before we had injuries we had opt outs but there's one person i want to focus on and the question i have for yourself to consider is does mike hughes win a starting job or should he retire Oh God! Now I post I this. I post this because Cameron Dantzler and Jeff Gladney have quite clearly brought themselves out as cornerback one and two of the Minnesota Vikings. They had, for what it was, a rookie season. They had a good season and started yeah, showing up. Okay. They had Harrison Hand coming up and thing. And the main reason I say Hughes should retire instead of just trying to find a new team or try and move it on is because of this amount of injuries he's had and what they are. It's neck injuries. For a young career, you need to consider quality of life outside of the league. And if these yeah. keep persisting, is it worth going forward? Hmm. I I don't know enough about his medical situation to to say whether that would be enough to force him to retire from the game. I'd love to see him continue um, if his body is up to it. Um, but obviously, if it's not, then he absolutely should retire for the, for the sake of his for his physical health going forward um but if it's if it's marginal if it's even if he's like 60 percent, yeah i could go again then i'd like to see him do it because i want to see guys on our team who who will fight for their starting positions who will give it everything to to prove that they belong on the minnesota vikings and and can bring us a super bowl after 50 60 years um and I'm not saying Mike Hughes is the guy who's going to change our defense entirely by doing that, but it's that attitude thing that you want to see every player on the team giving 150% to, to make sure that we win every game. Um, Mike Hughes, I think, would be a valuable player to have on, this, on our defense, um, mainly because of the fact that our cornerback core is very thin. Um, yes... Gladney and and Dantzler are probably I I would say that Mike Hughes and those two would be one two and three in what order you put them I don't know who goes in the slot I don't know, probably Mike Hughes 
um, but maybe Dantzler, I don't know. Um, but equally, equally, maybe Gladney could go in the slot as a as the third third corner. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I would keep I would keep Mike Hughes if his body is up to it. If it's not, then like I say, obviously let him like ride off into the sunset and and just finish his career on his own terms. But yeah, yeah, I'd like to see him stay. Yeah, it is absolutely fair trying to make him like try and see if he can stay because it, if you consider the fact that a cornerback room of Jeff Gladney, Cameron Dantzler, and Harrison Hand, who again, very underrated player at this point. Um, We're assuming Chris Jones is gone, by the way. I'm absolutely assuming Chris Jones is gone after that whiff tackle. Yeah, Chris Boyd as well. He can go. Yeah, they, uh, they didn't live up to promise. Halton Hill's already gone. Yeah, we've also uh, got Tay. We've got Tay Hayes and Dylan Mabin and Cordray Tankersley on the on the roster currently. We're probably going to go into the draft for another cornerback. I won't lie. Uh, hopefully not first round. First round should go an offensive line or defensive tackle, whichever is yeah better at the time. Take the best available at that point. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll get more into the draft in a later episode because we yeah, are coming certainly. back more consistently, guys. I do promise you. Um. But yeah, a quarterback room of Harrison Hand, Mike Hughes, Cameron Dantzler, and Jeff Gladney is a lot stronger than if Mike Hughes isn't there. It is just a case of sustainability via physical prowess. Can Mike Hughes keep himself healthy? He uh, needs to. I mean, he's the most experienced of that group as well. Yeah. Let's not forget. Like, he's got three years in the NFL, even if he did sit out most of this year, if not. If yeah, not he's played it. 24 games in three seasons. Yeah, which isn't which, enough, but no. he's still more experienced than than Dantzler, Gladney, and Hand, who yeah. just about got like the same same number between them. Yeah. Uh, and then keeping on the defense, obviously, we need to talk about one big name player. Uh, he was on the franchise tag. He's impending on unrestricted free agent, Anthony Harris. Yeah. Do we keep him on? No, he he keeping him on on the franchise tag was the right choice. Um because it meant that we got another year of him and and didn't risk losing a player who really was very, very effective in 2019. We didn't risk him going to another team and performing just as well for them. But unfortunately, performances of, for this season were not as good um, in terms of... Um, in terms of uh, Anthony Harris's performances... Um, and yeah, I could I could easily see him moving on this season. I don't think anyone's going to pay him anywhere near the eleven point what million he was on this season. Um, but I, I could see him getting a five or six million a year contract from somewhere somewhere that needs a safety. Yeah, he'll probably end up in Cleveland. I mean, they've got Andrew Sandejo currently as a starting safety. Kevin Spansky likes Anthony Harris. Yeah, it was a touted possibility before he signed his free free franchise tag tender last season. I can see it happening, especially considering that the Vikings are still high up on World Parks, player we just mentioned before we started recording. So they've yeah. always seemed to have their replacement elect in their mind. It's just a case of going out and getting them. Yeah, well, we've got to wait until actual free agency opens in, in a couple of months. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's good to good to look at these options for the team. Um, what would you say about Eric Wilson? Oh, I know what him. you would say about Eric. I know what you'd say about Eric Wilson, but do you do you keep him? Like, how much do you pay him? I try and keep him for less about than six million five, a year. I'd say five, six million a year max. Yeah, 
he because Anthony Barr's due to come back on I about think he's eight smart million. Enough to realise that his production was inflated for the fact that he was taking more snaps than he normally would in position he wouldn't normally be because Anthony Barr wasn't there and then Eric Kendrick was out. But I think yeah. he deserves that recognition as being a playmaker. And I think a four-year deal, five to six million, suits him perfectly if we can work it all under the cap space. Because uh, then that only that also just ensures your linebacker core is solid for the next two, three years. And we don't have to enter the draft trying to address it. Because if, yeah. you, if you offer me a linebacker core of Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, Eric Wilson, all fit, I know all three of them on their day <laughs> will make plays. That's yeah. that is scary to consider that uh, linebacking call. And they're all they're all so good, like well, especially Kendricks and Barr, that they allow Wilson the space to go out and do what he does best, which is yeah. just play a solid game and and you know rack up stats. Yeah. Like, he was a if it hadn't been for Kendricks being injured for a couple of games three what is it three four games this season he would have been our tackle leader but otherwise it was it was Wilson and only yeah. by only by six tackles but yeah he was still still our leader this season and yeah like you say that's as a result of of playing more snaps and the defense being on the field a lot yeah uh, a linebacker I wouldn't sign back Todd Davis I don't think we're sure enough of him uh, to warrant yeah. it uh, staying on defensive free agents George Aoka I hope to God Mike Zimmer's deleted his nudes off his hard drive so we don't have to re-sign him again. Uh, Chris Jones, again, he can whiff signing that contract like he whiffed that tackle. It's As soon as that play happened, I wanted him gone from the team there and then. I don't think he should be back in any capacity. I think he doesn't no. have the effort to play for the Vikings. He doesn't have the heart to play for the Vikings. He's just, his head the brain. I don't, I don't think he has quite the brain. No, he's be, not smart like, enough. You saw it in, God, what was it? The, was it the Detroit game? When or was it the Saints game when he he totally just let the runner run past him and yeah. break off for a touchdown? I can't remember which game it was. This is the problem we're doing. We're doing shows so late after after the last one. But anyway, uh, but I think the I think the most important position to address is probably defensive line. Yeah, and this does bring me on to the next question: If the Odenabel is a free agent, is a restricted free agent this offseason. Now, obviously, he wanted the pressure of the starting job. He didn't produce as well as we thought. I mean, it's telling when uh, Yannick Ngakwe was our sack leader, <laughs> despite the fact after leaving training. after week five. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, you've got the emergence of James Lynch and uh-huh. DJ Warnham. DJ Warnham. Yeah. So, do you keep Ogdenebo? Or do you let him walk to try and save a little bit of money? Because he's only on 615000 So it's pocket change in the NFL. Yeah. It depends how much he wants. If he wants two, three million, then no. If he would accept one and a half million, like veteran minimum, um, like somewhere between those. Yeah, I'd, I'd keep him on just for the experience value because you can't necessarily um put a price on the experience a player has like they may not be necessarily a very productive player and Adenabo wasn't this season um but as a rotation guy as a guy to come in and be a relief player to let um hunter hopefully who is coming back next season and um whoever plays opposite him have a rest yeah i i keep him around for for like 
the minimum salary. Yeah. And then speaking about experience on the offensive line, there's been a lot of rumours and the guy himself has come out and said it, even though he trash talked quarterback. Everson yeah. Griffin, where, uh, would you take a punt on him in the offseason? I'd probably be more likely to pay him three million than I would if I had Adenibo. Um like if it's a choice between them, I take Everson Griffin every time. Like yeah. he's he's not necessarily a hundred percent over his mental um issues that he had the season before last, um, his last season with us. Uh, but um if he is, if he's feeling physically fit, like because how old is he? About 34? 34, um, yeah. So yeah, I think he could still be productive on this team. He wasn't this season in Dallas or Detroit, but I think that's probably because he, he was new to both of their systems and especially new to Detroit's system coming in there halfway through the season. Still finished with more sacks than the Vikings, I believe. I think he had seven and a half yeah. in the season. Um, well, there you go. That's that's the, all the evidence I need to like to say I want Everson Griffin to come back. Yeah. But I, I do think maybe those rumours were quashed um, in the last week or so, like there was talk that he might come back. Like he does want it. He's putting feelers out to say, Zim, bring me back. Spielman, bring me back. But I, um, I think he, he, something happened that, that meant like, it's, it was just pie in the sky. It wasn't necessarily going to be a, a move that actually happened. Yeah. It's one of those, it's a dream scenario for both sides in real in that realm. But in reality, it's not something that you could really see being feasible considering the Vikings cap space. Yeah. <clears throat> Sticking off reagents, we have two more to discuss really. Uh and that they're offensive this time. So we're moving away from defense. We've mm. kind of gone over, I mean, we know probably Sean Mannion's gonna be back on a bare minimum deal just for a backup. Uh-huh. Uh Rashad Hill's probably going to walk because he wants a starting yeah. job somewhere. Uh Dakota Dozier again probably someone who might walk. Uh, if we can get Brett Jones on the right money and the right agreement for playing time, he'll stay. Jaleel Johnson, someone I'd let walk personally. He's not had the production since entering the league. Um, yeah, and then Amir Abdullah. Here's a, here's a question. Do you bring Chad Beebe back? This is who I was going to get onto, Chad Beebe. Oh, here we go. Uh, he is kind of like, I'll save what I'd give him later, but like end of season awards. Um, mm-hmm. He's an enigma. Yeah, he's all right at third down, but and a third wide receiver. But you know full well that the Vikings receiving calls. It's just it's Jefferson and Thielen at this point. So if he's yeah. all right with taking that minimum deal, agreeing that yeah, okay, I'm not going to get that many snaps. I'll probably play in the slot on third downs to be that guy. Can I mean, he get BC over? Johnson's his... probably ahead of him on the depth chart at the moment. Probably, but like if BB can get over his quips on special teams as well, because obviously he had that disaster class against the Panthers. Uh, obviously, one of those was a very dirty hit, and I detest that completely. Mm. Um, but it's just these mistakes. You think at 27 and at this age in the league, especially with his heritage, he'd remove these mistakes, and it's just not happened yet. And you need him to take that next step, step up. Obviously, we had the benefit of him being a restricted free agent uh, this time around. So we could sign him to like a fifth or sixth round tender if needs be. Uh, and if he can make that next step up in the next season, that's brilliant. And it's it's just a case of seeing that from him. It's a similar argument with Mike Boone 
he's okay. I was going to say Mike Boone's also in a similar situation. Yeah. Yeah, he's okay. He doesn't have the heritage background like BB has, obviously, but he's he just needs to take that next step. Boone's obviously hindered by the fact that he's got to try and outplace the, uh, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Um, yes, it's. I mean, Madison's touchdown against the Lions in Week 17 was sheer brilliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, better than the game when he started um, earlier in the season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just these guys need to realize that they need to either take that next step or they're going to be career guys just walking around the league, getting a job where they can on practice yeah, squads. Journeyman sort of thing. Yeah. I just noticed if Adi Adenabo is actually a restricted free agent as well. So maybe like, we could get away with, with signing him to a tender because um, we, if we don't need to let him go, then we might as well hang on to him. Um <laughs> You know what I'd do if I was the Vikings in that regard? Then put a second round tender on them. We're missing a second rounder. Someone's desperate for a defensive end. That covers our backs in the draft. I. It depends how much the second round tender is this season because Eric Wilson was on a second round tender this season and he ended up earning about three odd million, which is probably more than I'd give a Denebo. Like, if we could get away with giving him a bit less this season. Um, like giving him a third round tender or lower, I would try. I would try for that, just because I feel like he's not going to be the starting D end. Um, well, maybe maybe starting. But... The projected tender is three point four million for a second rounder. Yeah, it's four point eight million for a first. It's a two point two for an original round. But I think Ogdenabo was undrafted, wasn't he? Uh, no, he was seventh round. So, you so know, we put a seventh, seventh, seventh round tender. Well, it's maybe too much for a seventh round tender. Honestly. See, this is why I put the extra million on and get a second round instead of going seventh. Yeah, well, if he's likely to start, which he may well do, um, like looking at the defensive line, we've got um, we've got Hunter, um, Madafa, Jalen Holmes, Jordan Brailford, Kenny Willikies, and. DJ Wanham all as um, defensive line uh, defensive ends who are due to come back um, plus of course Ifadi Adenabo who's uh, who's the RFA um, out of those do you think Adenabo's a starter or would you give it to Wanham do you give it to let Hercules Madafa have a have a See, bit of a run Ma- at it works a lot better as a defensive tackle yeah true He's listed uh, as a D-end, but I know what you mean. He's more of a tackle. He, he definitely was more of a tackle last season. Um, Jalen Holmes? Probably not. Again, another player who's just not impressed. It, mm. We seem to have a lot of this at the minute. We need these players to take that next step up. But it, Jordan it Brailford, seems... however. Jordan Brailford was uh, like everyone's hero for stripping um, uh, Aaron Rodgers in that game against the Packers uh, mid-season. Was that not? I think it was. was Bra- that- I think it was Brailford. Oh, it may. I'm sure it was Brailford. Yes, yeah, DJ Wanham. Oh, I thought it was Brailford. <laughs> Dang. Uh, there we go. So yeah, I, I. I think you should just. I think you should just fire me for lack of knowledge. In that, <laughs> right there. You know, oh, doesn't know who who won us the game against the Packers. Get him out of here. We've had a massive break. I'm sure people yeah. will be forgiven. Um, I, I'd probably get one of them. The state of Vikings at the minute, but obviously, I think this is something they're going to address in the draft. 
it wouldn't surprise me to me if they even trade back to pick up a defensive lineman later in the draft because a lot of teams will be offense heavy at the minute. Um, and that allows hmm. them to pick up their second rounder again. So that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I, I really wish we had enough salary cap to go into free agency and pick up Brandon Sheriff. Yes. That would be so nice. Like, because we need a guard. I think we, we definitely need a guard to come in and play left um, or right, whichever one it is. I think it's right guard. We need um, both. We do need both. But just so, someone to come in and play that guard position and keep Kirk Cousins protected, not giving away fumbles, not like getting sacked. Um, it would be It would be really nice to have an offensive line again. Long gone are the days of Steve Hutchinson and um, and guys like him on our um, offensive line keeping our quarterback on his feet. But uh, at least Garrett Barber took that next step. At least and as yeah, Cleveland true. seems to be pretty decent, and so we still got Brian O'Neill for a, a bit of time. Yeah, uh, Riley Reef's due to come back. Well, here's the thing: Riley Reef might be gone. Yeah, he could he could be axed. I mean, he's been on a candidate for the chopping block for a while, and. I mean, we did bring him back and make him our one of our offensive captains this season. But, but that's uh, because he took a pay cut. The Vikings will yeah. probably have to make him take another pay cut, and I don't think he'll be happy at that, considering he'd already said his goodbyes last season. And then the next day, he kind of sulkily walked back in and accepted it because no one else was going to pay him. Yeah. Hi, guys, I'm back. Um, Hearing me. But in terms of the rest of the offense... We've probably seen Cal Rudolph play his last snap as a Viking because just because yeah. of the money he's on. And it's sad. It's That's really sad to say this offseason. Except for the fact that we've had Irv Smith develop as a genuine tight end threat uh, yeah. in his stead. He really came alive towards the backstretch of the season. And hopefully he can continue that momentum. But if we're talking offense, we've got to talk about one guy. And we've got to talk about the rookie wide receiver record breaker. <laughs> Justin Jefferson, fourteen hundred yards in a season, missed the first two games as a starter. Was voted to the Pro Bowl. The guy is uh, as great as Justin Herbert is. The game is a QB game. To put rookie numbers like that up as a wide receiver is brilliant. Is absolutely yeah. I mean, we all know that Herbert's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year for the league, just because, like you say, it's a QB league. But yeah, to to break records the way Jefferson did. I mean, I'm biased, but I give it him. Yeah, I would as well. I, 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 again, biased involved, but at the same time, it's. I always think it's more impressive for skill positions rather than QB to put up numbers yeah. because you're expected to be that at QB. It's just nice to see that Justin Herbert broke the Oregon duck uh, for QBs in the league in his first season. Hopefully, he can keep that consistency going up. Whoever takes the charge job will be mm-hmm. a great candidate for that uh, because Herbert is. Absolutely brilliant, it seems. He's, he's, hey, speaking, he's of, speaking of charges, jobs, do you think Anthony Lynn could come to us as, as offensive coordinator? If Gary Kubiak announces his retirement tomorrow, Anthony Lynn should be the first person to call. Yeah, well, it, unless, he's it's, made um, that unless, they go to, unless they go to Hugh Jackson. Uh, again, Hugh, Jackson, <laughs> Hugh Jackson's record as a coordinator. He had a couple top five offenses uh, in his time. He, Yeah, but with not great teams. Exactly. This would be giving him weapons. Like you're giving him Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith, 
Uh, Tyler Conklin even came alive towards the end of the season. As a yeah. tight end and, Kirk, and Kirk Cousins is no slouch either. Not at all. And it's, if they want to keep it in the mould of Gary Kubiak, Antillian and Hugh Jackson studied with Kubiak at the same time under Ka- uh, Ka- Kyle Shanahan? Gary Shanahan? One of the Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan. Oh, see, you don't know who stripped the Packers. I don't know Mike Shanahan. Um, no, I'm, I'm a bit older than you. <laughs> so my, my long-term memory is fine, but the short-term stuff is uh, not as good as yours. Um, but yeah, it's if they want to keep that mold going and keep that momentum going with that kind of offense, you need to look at guys in that similar vein. And we need to get out of this idea of promoting internally, unless it's such a lock-on. Like Kevin Szymanski, there's no one in our there's no one in our coaching room, like in the back room, who I would say deserves to be promoted from within. I don't think. Do you know who they're apparently really high on? What Clint Kubiak, their offensive line coach. Oh yes, no, I did read that. I um yeah, Rick Dennison. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's all well and yeah, he's fine, but I wouldn't thing about this is Zimmer likes former head coaches as his coordinators. He likes guys who know what, what the situation is with head coaching an NFL team and like just paring down their responsibilities saying the offense is yours. The defense is yours. He's not really done that with the defense because he's got his son and um, Andre Patterson on the, on the defense, but the defense is basically his anyway, Mike Zimmer. Um, so with the offense, He's gone with um, he's gone with Pat Shermer. He's gone with Gar- um, Gary Kubiak. He's gone with well, potentially Hugh Jackson and Anthony Lynn in the future. I would say that would those would be the ones that make the most sense. Don't bother promoting from within. Let let guys who've got a proven track record take that position, and then let people in positional roles work their actually work their way up and and prove that they deserve it. Especially yeah. since Rick Rick Dennison's sixty three and and been a bit of a journeyman coach as well. I don't think he's, I don't think he's really coordinated material. No, he's definitely doesn't seem that kind of stuff. Um, the other the other reason I wouldn't move Dennison is because I think consistency with the offensive line room is so important. And losing losing Tony Sperano, um, a couple of years ago was heartbreaking, and to have someone come in, um in Denison, the way Denison did and just be the steady hand on the rudder guiding this group of offensive linemen. We saw the improvement in them over the season. Um, like once we got a settled five, everything was acceptable. No, I'm not going to say everything was great. I'm not even going to say it was good. I'm just going to say it was fine. But if you want that improvement to continue, you don't, um, you don't remove Rick Dennison from his position. No, you don't. So, or at least I don't. Go to the wider league in terms of coaching positions. Often, just throw away from the Vikings. Well, it's still actually Vikings related. Um, oh, good. <laughs> the Texans, the Houston Texans, the organization of absolute disasters, who have pushed their star quarterback to yeah. reportedly no longer want to return to the organization. He said this to a close context that he's not going back for preseason workouts as it currently stands. They've started, they've requested to interview Leslie Fraser. Hmm. 
<laughs> That's from going from Bill O'Brien to Leslie Fraser seems very much like a sideways move. It's not really. It's not an upgrade. It's not any, any steps forward at all, is it? No. no. And I, just, um, I, I don't see it working. Leslie Frazier was never really head coach material in my book. I'd say he's a really good defensive coordinator. He's not a head coach to me. But, you know, put him in Houston, see, see if he likes it there. And, um, yeah, excuse me. <coughs> oh, there we go. Sorry about yeah, that. it's just one of those things. Um, but, yeah, so we looked at the season. We looked at potential coaches. I mean, we both kind of agreed on Anthony Lynn as the offensive coordinator of Kubiak decides to go. Uh, how about, um, how about, by the way, let's not forget um, George Payton, the former assistant GM of the Vikings, moving to the Broncos. Yes, um, that's going to be an interesting one because you saw Spielman's comments afterwards. He said he wouldn't have had any of the success without Payton. He was considered his closest friend in the organization. Yeah, he was like a brother uh, to him, he said. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see who fills that void, but I think Spielman will still do a decent job. Yeah. Uh, the draft is going to make or break this next season because there's multiple analytic uh, yeah, reports. This, this saying, could be Spielman's last one. Well, this is it. There's multiple analytics coming out saying that the Vikings organization is looking internally whether to commit a fire sale if the season goes wrong next season. And that will be starting from the top down. Apparently the Wolves are getting a bit more impatient. They want to see some success now. <laughs> Uh, obviously, giving the Vikings that big stadium for however yeah. a million dollars, even though birds still fly into it because they're not used to the mirrored outside. Uh, that's a fun fact for anyone who didn't realize this. Um, they're getting impatient. Zimmer might be gone. Spielman might be gone. They, they might literally gut it and start again. So this next offensive coordinator, as well as this draft, needs to be spot on, which is why I'd consider a guy like Doug Peterson as well. Yeah. Yeah, I could see him coming in. Um, I mean, if, <clears throat> I could see him coming in as head coach if if the Vikings just wait until oh God, next that'd season. That'd be a culture change. It would, but it would be interesting. Like, I think, like before, before Zimmer, our last decent head coach to me was I think Brad Childress. Yeah. Like he got us to the NFC Championship in 09, um, or 0910 rather. Um, <clears throat> And we saw steady improvement under him. We didn't have this sort of even years of bad situation that we've got with um, with Zim. Um, and I think he was, uh, sp- um, Childress was the best one we'd had since Denny Green. Yeah. Um, so it, it would be interesting to see if we can go from Zimmer, who is, I, I would say, the best we've had for a while. I'd say he's actually the best we've had since Denny Green. Absolutely. I think he's better than, better than Childress, um, even with that inconsistency in performances year on year um but to go to to go to doug peterson former quarterback uh, yeah it'd be See, interesting peterson would, would be if if we do move on from zimmer next season uh depending on head coach hires because it doesn't look like he's going to get a job this season i'd give punt to eric the yeah I, he seems to be a guy mind going back to eric the enemy yeah yeah he definitely has the respect to the locker room there's still some guys that he knows and likes Obviously, Andy Reid leads a lot of that offense in Kansas City. There's no denying that. Mm-hmm. But that's because Andy Reid is just big match to the wings offensive plays. Yeah. And Bienemy knows the Vikings. Like he was Adrian Peterson's running backs coach when he joined us in 07. And and for a lot of Peterson's career before he moved on, um, or before Bienemy moved on, I mean, um, 
So, yeah, he knows what it's like in Minnesota. I think he'd be open to a move back. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of what position do we give him? Is, is he head coach material or is he offensive, the offensive coordinator material? I'd like to see him as OC. Yeah, it's one of them. It's, I'd take him in any role I could get uh, if this happens. But it's obviously we're predicting way, way into the future now. We don't even know how next season is going to pan out. It's an odd year, so oh. Zimmer's probably going to let up the league again. I I think I know if if a coach gets approached to take over a role above what they're currently in, I think teams almost have to let them interview. But if it's for the same role, then like the Chiefs could deny um, the Vikings the opportunity to interview enemy for the open, potentially open OC position. But what I'd like to see is maybe Bienemy come in and be OC for a year or however long Zimmer survives, and then take over as head coach. Yeah, that could be a as long as, Dal- as long as, as well. yeah, as long as Dalvin Cook's still here. You know that you've got that connection with Bienemy's running backs um, uh, heritage. You know he was a he was a running back himself in the league, a second round pick in 1991. Um, so. If um if like they could get a bit of chemistry going, yeah, maybe we, maybe we would definitely like lean into our run first offense situation. This episode's gone on far too long, and I keep talking. It's all right. We're gonna go on to our last little bit where oh. it's the end of the season. We're in the we've got nothing else to play for. Everything's done and dusted. Who is your MVP of the Vikings this season? I, I'd go Dalvin Cook. Which is fair enough. He was setting, he was on pace to set record breaking numbers. He kept pace yeah. with uh, Derek Henry up until the last couple of games where injury and personal bereavement. And the loss of his father, yeah. yeah which is really so terrible to hear. Uh, obviously, we here as coaches put forward our condolences to Cook on that regard. And uh, and let's, let's not forget, he didn't get a single vote in the All Pro um, voting. For, no, and he um, is already hungry about that. He wants to show them. Yeah, I think again. he said on Instagram something like, "Like you brought this on yourselves, like not giving me a single vote. Like um, next season's going to be, he's going to devote to his dad, like dedicate to his dad, and yeah. you know, maybe maybe go over two thousand yards. Yeah, I mean, definitely two thousand all-purpose yards. If he can stay fit, play sixteen games, no reason he can't get two thousand all-purpose yards. Well, that's it. I think he ended the season as the NFL leader in all-purpose yards. Uh, yeah. For all yards from line of scrimmage. Yeah. Um, I mean, we saw what happened when Brett Favre played a day after his dad died. Darwin Cooks had an entire off-season to get prepared. So it's certainly going to be it'd be an interesting yeah. one. Um, who's, my your, who's your pick? Yeah, CJ Ham. <laughs> I'm joking. Sorry. Is, I, yeah, I'm joking. Okay, no, no, no. Who's, who's your MVP? Who's your my MVP? offensive MVP. <sighs> Oh, are we talking just offense? I thought we were talking well, no, for the team. Just MVP. MVP. I didn't mean okay. to say offense. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, CJ Ham, if we're talking just offense, I'd throw CJ Ham in the mix just because, again, he creates so many holes in I the mean, running game. You can never go wrong, you can never most, go wrong with Ham. But. He, he's my most underappreciated Viking. We'll leave it at that. Sure. Um, my offensive MVP, I'd have to go Jay Jets. I think he came again, into the reasonable team. decision. He came into the team with a lot of pressure on himself, essentially, because he was replacing the outgoing Stefan Diggs. 
and the expectation was he needs to step into that role. And not only did he step into that role, he got 1,400 yards. He got like 10 touchdowns, I think it was. We all remember the first gritty. He got Adam Thielen doing the gritty. We even saw a Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Cousins gritty. doing the gritty. Ah, it was... I'd love to see Mike Zimmer do the gritty. I absolutely, I think he'd break a hip if he did the gritty. I think he probably would. Um, but he just, he seems to have changed the culture of the Vikings offense a bit. Just because everyone seems to be bubbly around him. It's, yeah. it's like a more positive Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. Um, can, anyone t- can anyone tell we're Man United fans? <laughs> um, underappreciated Viking uh, of the season. Obviously, my vote's going to CJ Ham, as I just said. Uh, what about you, Earl? Underappreciated Vikings of the year. Can I be really controversial and say Kirk Cousins? You know what? No, that's perfectly fine. Everyone's. I think he is so. I think he's so underappreciated. Like I think people go on about the like. People go on about the fact that we made the wrong decision by bringing him in. We made the wrong decision by extending his contract. We made the wrong decision by not keeping um, Case Keenum. Yeah, more fool you guys for saying we should keep Case Keenum. Um, But he keeps putting up numbers. He keeps. Like scoring touchdowns, throwing tons and tons of yards every every year, and you know, for for all the, f- I feel like some of his attitude is kind of forced. I feel like he's he sometimes like does stuff to look cool, but really, really doesn't look cool. Um, like that forced gritty, like it really, it, it, it I I cringed my ass off when I saw that. But anyway, but for all his faults. Like I say, he puts up the numbers. He is he is the quarterback that this team has, and I think the quarterback that this team deserves. I, I don't I don't see us really needing a standout um, quarterback. Um, like we don't need a Rogers or a Wilson or a um, or a Brady or a Breeze or anything like that. I I, I think we we are or a Mahomes like we're we are Kirk Cousins' level. He is our level. We probably pay him a little bit too much for that level, but I, I wish everyone would just get off his back, and I, that's why I'm giving him my underappreciated Viking of the Year award. No, that's perfectly fine. Um, con- rather controversially myself, I say if we got Kirk Cousins a year earlier, we're Super Bowl champions that season. I think, oh, yeah. we, go, I think we go into Philly and we actually dominate from the get-go because he doesn't make the same mistake Keenan does. I don't think we get the Minneapolis miracle, though. No, because we dominate the Saints. I, which I I wouldn't give it up. I I, no. I actually wouldn't. I, I would never change anything about about the past. The only like, the, the only thing I the only thing I, I regret about that is Grandma Millie not getting to see the Vikings win the Super Bowl in her own stadium. That's the yeah. only thing. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad Millie didn't go to Philly though because those fans were awful. Yeah. And the last, um, the last award of the season, anyway. Bounce back moment of the season. Oh gosh, you go first. Chad Beebe versus the Panthers. He had the myth punt return. He fumbled it, and it, he everything looks yeah. lost. And he comes and up with the game winning touchdown. I think I can't disagree with that. I'm it, going with the same one. It showed his character, and I think he needs to show more of that next season to stay for long term. Yeah. And that's that was I mean, the thing I could, that was coming, would come full circle. That was the thing I was coming back to. I could even, I mean, just so that I'm not going with the same one as you, because that's 
comes off as a little bit hacky and uninspired. Um, I'm going to go for the entire team coming back from one and five to get back to six and six and still be in with a playoff shout. You know, that's bounce back ability. If anyone ever, if anyone ever asks, that is certainly bounce back. That is absolutely a bounce back. I think at the end of the day, we could be proud. We were Vikings. It's not a moment, but yeah, no, we showed resiliency. Uh, there's a lot of promise in this young core. We were preaching it all season. We said, look, we we realised in the I realised in the preseason that I was a bit over my head. I think getting really excited. Uh, <laughs> but that's how fun the expectations are. And you've we've seen the team grow, you've seen us grow over the season, even though we took the yeah. massive break at the end of the season. Um did we? I, I never noticed. <laughs> we've been recording them, people just ain't been listening. Yeah. It's your guys' fault, not our guys' fault, I assure you. I mean, we had that great episode where we actually interviewed Tom Brady, but no one listened. Did you forget to pay the subscription again? <laughs> uh, but no, we do apologise, guys. So, oh, well, yeah. I apologise. It's not been Tom's fault. It's mainly been my fault. I had, <clears throat> I had an abscess. I had work. We had people test positive on work, so I was covering more shifts. I think in the last two weeks, I've worked 12 days, 12 days with barely any holidays in between. This is the first time I've had two days off in a row in a long time. And it's Woo-hoo. just been stuff after stuff after stuff. But we're going to try and come back somewhat regular. I mean, the off-season, we're going to be slow. You might not see us again until after the Super Bowl, especially if the Packers win the Super Bowl. Um, but we'll see what if we can do. If the Packers win the Super Bowl, I'm not coming back. <laughs> uh, but once you get closer to draft time, once you get closer to free agency time, that's when we'll be back in full force. And if you expect, yes. and if you hear a Gary Kubiak retirement announcement, expect a shock episode. It's like, oh my god! Now we get to theory crap. Now we get to say this, that, and the other. Who's available? Now we get to talk available. about all the same stuff we just talked about, but in more detail. <laughs> but yeah. So with that, I've been James. He's been Tom. We've been the UK yeah. Scourges. Keep safe. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week. Whenever you listen to this episode, and as always, Skull Vikings. Mask up. Peterson, and the loose! It's on the 20!